This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Tuesday, January 21st, 2020. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin McGuire, your host here on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. We're going to be talking some Penn State football. We've got a few topics to run through as we kind of get caught up on some of the latest staffing changes. And, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl matchup, which has been said, and take a look at some of the Penn Staters playing for a Super Bowl ring this year. We'll also take a quick look around the Big Ten, specifically the Big Ten East, at some of the headlines that have been popping up over the last few days, kind of uh, talk about the status of those two programs in particular. And we'll also take a look forward to 2020. Just a quick look. We'll take a look at the national title odds and the Big Ten championship odds and maybe even the Heisman odds as the Penn State and the Lions look forward to a pretty optimistic 2020 season. We'll take a look about that in the third segment of today's episode. Make sure you're subscribed to our podcast. We are available on all the major podcasting apps such as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and iHeartRadio. We also have an RSS feed so you can add it to any other podcasting app you may be using on your phone or your computer. However you listen to podcasts, we try to be as accessible as possible. And of course, if you are subscribed, we hope you'll take a free minute of your time and leave us a rating, leave us a review on all those podcasting apps. It does help with the placement on those podcasting apps. So if you want to help us grow our show in 2020, that's all you really need to do. Subscribe, rate, and review. And of course, we do genuinely love the feedback that you guys have for us as we look to improve this show moving forward in the new year. Of course, we want you to be a part of the show as well. So follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Get connected with us. Send us your messages. Send us your questions at any time. And we'll try to incorporate them into the show as well. That's enough out of me for right now. So let's go ahead and get started. talked a little bit recently on the podcast about some of the coaching turnover happening at Penn State this offseason with the coaching carousel that continues to go on. And we all know that the coaching carousel is always going to be busy when it comes to assistant coaches. And it has certainly been no different for Penn State this season. Of course, Penn State just recently filled one of the vacancies they had pop up on their coaching staff, which was at the position of wide receivers coach. Uh, Once Jared Parker left to become the offensive coordinator at West Virginia, James Franklin needed to find a new wide receivers coach. So what does he do? He goes down and takes a wide receivers coach from the Miami Hurricanes, and that would be Taylor Stubblefield, who has officially been named the new wide receivers coach for Penn State. This is a former Purdue wide receiver. He set the NCAA record for most career receptions when he was playing college football. He's currently sitting at sixth all time because a lot of wide receivers have come along since his playing days. And the way that the game has been uh, transcending uh, certainly seems as though he may not last at sixth place on the all time list for too long because there's a lot more passing going on these days. And there's a lot of offenses out there with some wide receivers who are just hauling in reception after reception. But when he left Purdue uh, playing for Joe Tiller. He set the NCAA record and it stood for a good number of years. Uh, So uh, to me, that is a guy that knows what it takes to play the position of wide receiver. And for me, that's a good hire for Penn State because they need some help with those wide receivers coming into the 2020 season. We've talked a little bit about that before that the offense has a pretty good reason to be optimistic about their success in 2020. And it's going to be interesting to see how the coaching staff uh, puts this all together. And, of course, Taylor Stubblefield is now going to be 
be a part of that. But certainly one of the big question marks I would have for Penn State going into next season, and of course we'll talk about this more as the offseason goes on, is just who's going to be those wide receivers that you can count on. Because that has certainly been something that's been kind of missing uh, other than Allen Robinson when he came through and put up the number seed that he did. And you see what he's doing at the NFL. But it just feels as though, you know, K.J. Hamler was certainly a big home run threat. But Penn State, aside from Godwin, has not had a tremendous amount of success finding some of those go-to wide receivers that they can count on on a regular basis. You know, big wide receivers, you know, guys with steady hands. A lot of drop passes in this Penn State offense the last couple of years. So I think there's a lot of blame to go around. But I do think that having a guy who knows what it takes to haul in those receptions certainly probably has a thing or two to lend in terms of advice for these Penn State wide receivers going into next season. So to me, it looks like a pretty good hire. Uh, One question I would have, and I don't know if this has been explained or not, but Taylor Stubblefield has been all around uh, the coaching map. He's had positions from coast to coast, and he doesn't spend a whole lot of time in one location. One or two years here, one or two years there. Uh, he just spent one season at Miami. He's been at BYU. He's been at, uh, I think it was Utah. I forget so many of the other schools that he's been to off the top of my head. But there was a long list. So I don't know if that suggests that he's just always looking out for a new opportunity. Maybe he likes moving around. I don't know. Or is there some reason why these schools allow him to move on or just don't decide not to bring him back? I don't know what the situation is there, and it's probably nothing. Like I said before, assistant coaches move around an awful lot, especially when there's head coaching changes, uh, which has probably been the case at some of those stops along the way uh, for Stubblefield. But it's just something that raises a little bit of an eyebrow when you look at his coaching history and see how many spots he's been to in a relatively short amount of time because he was playing at the turn of the century. He was playing college football earlier this century, so he's been coaching for a while he's had a number of coaching jobs and maybe there's something to be said for experience uh, from all different aspects and maybe you can learn something from a couple of those spots along the way and maybe that makes you a better coach moving forward so bottom line is i think it's a pretty decent hire i see no real downside to adding taylor stubblefield to the offensive coaching staff which uh Certainly, this offensive coaching staff is going to have a brand new look this season for Penn State. Obviously, with uh, Ricky Ronnie leaving to become the head coach at uh, Old Dominion and pulling a couple of assistants with him, uh, we knew that there were going to be some new looks here for the offense. Of course, with the new offensive coordinator, Kirk Shiraka from Minnesota, who had a fantastic season with the Gophers. I look forward to seeing what he can do to translate some of that success and game planning over to what he'll have to work with at Penn State. Certainly, I think he's going to have some talented players to work with, especially running the football. But, of course, uh, Penn State also has a new offensive line coach. After not resigning Matt Limegrover, they brought in Phil Troutwain from Boston College. And, of course, Stubblefield, the wide receivers coach from Miami. So you've got three new assistants here on the offensive staff. There will probably be a couple more here and there. There's certainly analysts and uh, lower-level assistants on the coaching staff still to be filled as well. But... You've got three new minds at three very critical areas for Penn State coming into 2020 because wide receivers are always going to be a question mark. Offensive line, still think there's room to improve on that offensive line. So bringing in a new offensive line coach, that could be a a game changer. We'll find out. And of course, you have a new offensive coordinator, someone new calling the shots, maybe some new ideas offensively. 
Uh, Joe Moorhead, of course, was not going to be coming back. <laughs> of course, Penn State made the hire of Kirk Shiraka sure, shortly before Joe Moorhead was let go by Mississippi State as their head coach. And I don't know if it was official or not, but Joe Moorhead appears to be going to Oregon or he is at Oregon. I'm not really sure what the status is uh, as we're recording this episode right now, but Certainly, Penn State's offense is going to be very fun to watch this upcoming season. Lots of things in play here. A lot of new variables to try and uh, figure out going into the next season. Of course, that's what spring football is all about. Getting everybody on the same page. And it should be pretty interesting to see how that all plays out. Coming up next, we'll take a look around the world of football outside of Penn State with a look at a couple of teams within the Big Ten East. And of course, the Super Bowl between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Still two weeks away, but the matchup is set. It's fresh. And we've got to take a look at some of the Penn State players that are going to be playing in this year's Super Bowl. So we'll talk about all of that in our next segment right here on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sunday was conference championship day in the NFL. And of course, the Kansas City Chiefs are heading to their first Super Bowl since 1970. A week after coming from behind to take down Bill O'Brien's Houston Texans. They do it again against Mike Vrabel's Tennessee Titans. 17-7 lead was nothing for the Kansas City Chiefs to come back from. Kansas City just blew away Tennessee after getting into that early hole. Uh, very fun team to watch. Andy Reid going for his first Super Bowl victory, of course. And on the other side, we saw the San Francisco 49ers just jump all over the Green Bay Packers in the first half and go on to win their first NFC title since Jim Harbaugh was the head coach. Of course, yes, the current Michigan head coach was the last head coach to take the 49ers to the Super Bowl, and they almost won it. But Baltimore Ravens took the victory with uh, John Harbaugh getting the upper hand on his brother Jim in that Super Bowl. That was a pretty fun game back then. Looking forward to this year's Super Bowl. And of course, this being a Penn State football-focused podcast, we've got to mention the Penn Staters that will be playing in that game. And there are a good handful of them. Uh, Stefan Wisniewski, offensive lineman uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Jordan Lucas, they are the two representatives from Penn State on the Kansas City roster. Wisniewski actually playing in his second Super Bowl and going for his second Super Bowl ring. He was a member of the Philadelphia Eagles a couple years ago when they won their, their first Super Bowl. And, of course, the 49ers will have Kevin Givens, Anthony Zettel on the roster, and the ageless wonder at kicker Robbie Gold, who set a franchise record for the longest field goal in 49ers postseason history on Sunday. That guy just continues to be coming up clutch in the NFL as, you know, Robbie Gold's how, how long has he been around now in the NFL? It seems like he's always been on my fantasy football teams. Uh, he's served me very well. I know that over the years. Uh, very, uh, very glad to see that he's continuing to have some success. And now he's going to get a chance to play and win a Super Bowl. That's going to be pretty cool. And I think the 49ers have a pretty good chance, although I'm just not going against Kansas City at this point. So uh, we can talk a little bit about the Super Bowl here and there going into next week's or I'm sorry two weeks from now when we get to the big game and of course we'll take an eye on what those Penn State players may bring to the table here again Stefan Wisniewski going for his second Super Bowl ring uh, Robbie Gold setting a franchise record for the 49ers with the longest field goal in postseason history on Sunday so we'll see which one of these teams is able to send up some Penn Staters home with the, the Lombardi Trophy and some Super Bowl rings to come for it. 
Of course, Penn State has a really solid history in the Super Bowl. This will be, I believe, the 49th Super Bowl out of 54 that will have featured a Penn State player playing in the game. Uh, that's a pretty good streak. And a lot of the top schools out there will have similar uh, records as well. But having a Super Bowl player 49 out of 54 years, that's pretty cool. And I don't know what the longest active streak for having a player in the Super Bowl is, but you know, Penn State has had a fair amount of representation over the years uh, of NFL history in the Super Bowl, and that's going to continue this season. Let's take a look around the Big Ten. Got a couple schools I wanted to mention to you guys that are in the Big Ten East, so we'll just keep an eye on everything else that's happening around the division. And I say this because I've been uh, working on college football talk over NBC Sports the last couple of days, and I've had a chance to write about these schools and some of the additions and changes that are going on there. Uh, let's start with Michigan because I just mentioned Jim Harbaugh. Of course, Michigan is also going through some coaching changes, as a lot of teams are this time of year with the assistant staff and, of course, transferring players. Michigan's had a few players transfer. We're going to get to one of them in particular in just a moment. But I wanted to mention that uh, former defensive coordinator for Penn State, Bob Shoup, has recently been hired by Michigan. He's going to be a defensive assistant there. Uh, so he's going to be back in the Big Ten after his stay down in Tennessee, after he was with um, Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State. And, of course, when Joe Moorhead was fired, a lot of those coaching, <laughs> a lot of those assistant coaches we're going to need some new jobs. And I think going to Michigan, where he's not going to be the defense coordinator, but he'll be another defensive assistant, Michigan's got a pretty good defensive staff. So um, we all got to give him credit for that. Michigan typically has played pretty well defensively uh, under the Jim Harbaugh era. And I do think that Bob Shoup is going to be able to help continue that going uh, for Michigan uh, in 2020. So Bob Shoup will be back in the Big Ten. Of course, Michigan's got a couple former Penn State assistants with Josh Gaddis running the offense over there. So uh, a little bit of a Penn State influence perhaps on the, the Michigan coaching staff. I don't know. Bob Shoup was a, a longtime uh, assistant under James Franklin. And of course, uh, they almost lost him to LSU a few years back and then they signed him to a new deal. And then of course he leaves for Tennessee and there's a little bit of a legal battle. I think that that's still actually ongoing if I'm not mistaken uh, between the, the, the contract terms over between Penn state and Bob Shoup, uh, both sides left, left on pretty nasty terms. We'll say <laughs> we'll put it that way. Uh, so I don't know where that stands right now. That may still be ongoing litigation, of course, uh, but Bob Shoup will be back in the big 10. Elsewhere, Rutgers. Greg Schiano has been doing some work. You gotta give him credit there, and he kind of expected that this was going to happen, especially injecting some life into the recruiting efforts that Rutgers was going to have, uh, more so in the state of New Jersey and, of course, the surrounding areas around New Jersey with uh, the New York area, uh, some parts of Pennsylvania along the the the, the border. And Greg Schiano uh, is making use of the transfer portal, and he's bringing in some Big Ten talent. Uh, in the last couple of, you know, last few days or the last week or so, uh, he has added a Wisconsin wide receiver, Aaron Krukshank. And of course, uh, just yesterday, Michigan defensive tackle Michael Dwumfar is committed and officially on board with the Rutgers program. And Dwumfar is going to be a graduate transfer, so he'll be eligible right away. Uh, Crookshank is actually going to have to sit out the 2020 season due to FB, due to, due to the uh, NCAA transfer rules. Uh, Dwumfar is a graduate transfer, though, so he'll be eligible right away. And he's going to add some instant depth and probably will jump right into a starting role. With Rutgers, giving them a nice little boost. You know, you know, three-star recruit who played for Michigan, got some experience in Michigan. Uh, you know, we, I just 
mention how well Michigan has played defensively, except when they play Ohio State. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that is a good addition for Greg Schiano, who has a lot of work to do in building up his roster. And I think a lot of times new coaches taking over programs that are in desperate need of uh, depth and quality depth. Taking advantage of the transfer portal is a big way to go. And I think uh, Greg Schiano certainly has found a couple of guys with those local ties. One for is a New Jersey native, Crookshanks from Brooklyn, uh, New York. So he's tapping into trying to get good quality players to stay closer to home and be a part of that Rutgers family. So we'll see you know, just how far and how long that that continues to bode well for Greg Schiano. Like I said, he has a lot of work to do in improving that Rutgers roster, but it's been a nice little offseason for him, you know, just getting the job as late as he did and now starting to put the pieces together for his first roster back at Rutgers. He's doing some good work. I, I got I to gotta admit that's some good additions to the Rutgers program. And, uh, you know, Dwarf Force certainly will have an instant impact on improving Rutgers, what they do on the defensive line. So just keeping an eye out on what some of the other programs are doing out there. And we'll do that periodically. We'll take a look around the, the rest of the Big Ten East and we'll hit over to the Big Ten West. I do have a couple guests I would like to bring on so we can talk about some of the other Big Ten programs uh, this off season, kind of get a taste for what they're doing this off season, what they're looking like and what they're looking forward to in the 2020 season. So keep an eye out for some of that stuff that's going to be in the works in the coming weeks, uh, maybe the coming months. <laughs> but uh, that's just uh, something that's on the off season agenda. Of course, we have a lot of time to fill in the offseason. The Senior Bowls this week. We'll start to look forward to the Penn Staters that are going into the NFL Draft Combine. And, of course, the NFL Draft will come up after that. So we have a lot of things to keep in mind as we get forward or move forward into the spring football season. And speaking of which, Penn State did announce that the Blue-White game will be on Saturday, April 18th this year. So that is officially on the books. And now we can start to look forward to spring football season. So lots of stuff to get into moving forward on the podcast. But coming up in our next segment, we'll take a look at that 2020 schedule and take a look at some of the national title odds and see where Penn State fits into the equation for the upcoming season based on the earliest odds fresh off of the national championship game last week. This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany and give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Locked On If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Nittany Lions is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Penn State fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Penn State fans and predominantly a male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. We're 
We're a little more now a week removed from the close of the 2019 college football season with LSU capturing the national championship against Clemson. So you've already probably been flooded with all the way too early top 25 posts that are put out there this time of year by just about every media outlet that covers college football. ESPN, Sporting News, uh, Brett McMurphy at Stadium, CBS Sports. uh, Who else is putting one out there? Rivals? I don't know. But basically, Athlon Sports, of course. So you've already gotten a sense for how a lot of the media outlets are already projecting Penn State to be uh, next season. And a lot of them seem to have Penn State in the bottom half of their top 10, so we're somewhere in the middle. Six, six or seven, I think, was a, a pretty common uh, standing. I uh, saw a couple that went out as far as 11 or I think 12, but basically a top 15 team for sure, top 10 very likely, and I think there's a lot of reason to suggest that that's a realistic expectation. But I will caution everybody, the way too early top 25 list is really just there for content purposes. There's not a whole lot of thought that can really go into a lot of them sometimes, and I think a lot of it is reacting to just how the last season ended. But yes, certainly, as I've said on this podcast before, there's a lot of reason to be excited about what Penn State could potentially be in store for in the 2020 season. One of the other things that happens this time of year is we get all of the initial championship odds and the, the initial odds to win conference titles and stuff like that. Various sports books will come out with these and you'll get some different numbers from sports book to sports book. The numbers I'm going to relay were provided to me by Bet Online, and this is uh, one of the more commonly used odds makers out that are out there, and one of the ones I usually will refer to when I'm talking about odds. Uh, but I just want to make it clear: this is not sponsored or anything. But these odds were relayed for informational purposes, and of course, entertainment purposes as well. Now, I did write about the initial odds for the 2021 college football playoffs and national championship. All over on my college football blog, no two minute warning.com. Uh, but these odds are going to be slightly different from what I already wrote about because I'm using a different sports book for this conversation. But basically, Clemson is going to be your preseason favorite. That's probably a pretty easy expectation to have, considering LSU is losing a number of pieces, including players and coaches, a lot of turnover there with the defending national champions. And Clemson is going to be loaded once again, and they'll have a pretty easy path back to at least the college football playoff because they play in the ACC. One interesting road test at Notre Dame. Uh, it could be a pretty interesting matchup down the line, but Clemson at 9-4 to on bet online is the clear favorite to win the national championship next year, followed by Alabama. Of course, Alabama is always going to be there at 7-2. Ohio State is third at 9-2. LSU comes in at 6-1, so they're fourth on the board as far as bet online is concerned. Where's Penn State, you may ask? Well, Penn State is... Uh, not too far down the list, but they're 33 to one. Same odds that are being given to Michigan, a little bit better than Texas A&M at 40 to one. Florida State at 50 to one. I think that's wildly optimistic. And uh, just a few ticks behind Texas at 25 to one. Uh, I mentioned Notre Dame at 25 to one as well. Of uh, defending Big 12 champion Oklahoma is at 20 to one. Other teams that are ranked ahead, or as far as this board is concerned, Auburn at 20 to one. Florida at 14 to one, Georgia eight to one. I kind of expected a lot of those kind of numbers coming into the, the first batch of national championship. Odds. And of course these will be updated. I think once a month between now and the actual start of the season. And then again, once the season starts, I think they'll update them weekly uh, based on the current events of the season that is in play. But Penn State at 33 to one uh, feels pretty 
pretty spot on, I think, as far as I'm concerned. First of all, you just have to get into the playoff. And it's going to be difficult to get into the playoff because Ohio State is still going to likely be the biggest obstacle. And you obviously will probably have to beat Ohio State to get in there. And that's not to say that Penn State can't beat Ohio State. We've talked about it before. No team in the Big Ten has played Ohio State as closely and as competitively as Penn State has on a consistent basis for the last few years. So with Ohio State coming into Happy Valley in 2020, not at all unrealistic to say that Penn State beats Ohio State and maybe plays their way into the, their first college football playoff. Of course, one step at a time. <laughs> I think that that's a lot of these odds are based on, first of all, the teams that they think are going to make the playoffs and then who's going to have a chance to win once they get into the playoffs. So that's the way the odds are always going to be kind of uh, all over the place in some respects. But no surprise who the top teams are on the board. Clemson at number one, Alabama two, Ohio State three, uh, followed by LSU and then Georgia, Florida. They're all kind of uh, in that same category right there. But as far as the Heisman Trophy is concerned, Penn State hasn't had a Heisman Trophy since uh, John Capaletti. Had a couple players up as a finalist, of course, over the years. But, you know, Penn State probably not going to have a Heisman Trophy winner in 2020 either. But, of course, the early odds are going to list a couple of Penn State players. And the first one that comes up on the list is, you guessed it, running back Journey Brown. He's at 50-1. to 1. Same odds that are being given to Sean Clifford, of course, the quarterback for the Nittany Lions. Those are the only two Penn State players on the initial batch of 2020 Heisman Trophy odds from Online. No surprise who the favorites are. Of course, we're talking about Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who's the runaway favorite at 7-2 going into next season. Uh, I think he may actually at least be a finalist next year. I think he's going to have a really good year. Once again, put up a lot of big numbers in that ACC. Justin Fields, quarterback at Ohio State, is the second best player according to the Heisman odds with 4-1 to one odds, followed by USC quarterback Keaton Slovis. I'm not so sure about that one. At 9-1, to one, I understand he put up some uh, big numbers in the time that he had as USC's quarterback, but he's going to have to win some games, and USC hasn't won a lot of games. I'm not so sure they're going to win a whole ton of games, or certainly enough to merit any kind of Heisman conversation. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. Oklahoma running Oklahoma State running back who has decided to come back next year. I think he should have been a Heisman finalist this season. Uh, he is listed at 10 to 1 odds. Other players with 10 to 1 odds. Mac Jones at Alabama quarterback. Uh, Sam Allinger, Texas quarterback. Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma quarterback. Uh, potentially, I guess. I don't know if that's official, but uh, I guess they're expecting that Spencer Rattler is going to be Oklahoma's QB. How about Tanner Morgan, Minnesota's quarterback at 10 to 1 odds? That is wildly optimistic I think I, I don't think that Minnesota's quarterback is going to get enough love uh, in 2020 certainly from the Heisman voters uh, but maybe maybe this past season kind of opened some eyes as to what Minnesota is actually doing so maybe that will gain some respect there but 10 to 1 odds oof, that would be surprising I, I don't know if I would go with that one uh, some other players of note for, certainly from the Big Ten uh, in the, the initial Heisman odds. How about Rondale Moore? If he stays healthy at Purdue, wide receiver, kick returner, you name it, he can do it. Uh, he's listed at 33-1 to 1 odds. Uh, I think Rondale Moore is probably the most electric at athlete the Big Ten has to offer next season. And I hope he can stay healthy because he's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, another Big Ten player, Indiana quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. is listed at 50-1 to 1 odds. Uh, so 
those are your big 10 players on the board for the Heisman Trophy in 2020, according to Bet Online. Again, the the odds may differ depending on what sports book you tend to reference. We'll use Bet Online a lot for these purposes here. But I do have another list of Heisman odds and conference title odds. We'll get into some of the conference title odds that were passed along my way from a different sports book in our next podcast. And with that, we're going to close today's podcast. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you come back for more. Again, we are in the offseason, so we're still trying to get our offseason schedule put together. But we do want to try and have an episode every day. But there are going to be some days when that's just not going to be possible due to my work schedule. But we're going to try and get as many episodes out for you guys as possible. So we will have an episode for you guys tomorrow. So make sure you come back and check that out. Again, we'll talk about some of the conference odds uh, moving forward. So make sure you're subscribed on all your favorite podcasting apps such as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio. We've got an RSS feed as well, so you can add it to any other podcasting app. And if you are subscribed, please rate and review. It does help out the show a whole lot moving forward. So if you want to help support us in the new year, that would be greatly appreciated. And of course, stay tuned and follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Be connected with our show on the social media platforms. Send your questions, send your comments. We'll get them included into the next episode at any time that we find them. And of course, I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFE. Check out my national coverage of college football on AthlonSports.com and over on NBCSports.com's College Football Talk. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFE and that's going to do it for today's episode. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for bearing with me. I'm still fighting off a cold. I don't know if you can tell or not, but I do want to try and get this episode together without too many problems. So hopefully it doesn't come across too well. Anyway, that's going to be it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.